Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? This is BC. Welcome back to another episode of Supreme Being. This one's going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm going to do another episode today exclusively focused on communication. I've done a few in the past. I think it's time to do another one. First and foremost, shout out to Modern Success, my coaching program. For those of you interested, go to briancasella.com to check that out. Anything else that I have to offer, products, events, booking me if you want me to speak somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. And huge shout out to my team, Team BC Investments, Team BC Nationwide. Growing by the day, killing it. I'm so excited. Now, let's, um, and by the way, we're recruiting nationwide for both teams. Let's begin. Let's talk communication, right? This is something that we always come back to and is more relevant than ever, right? You look at today's world, right? Any area that you look at in the world right now, right? Uh, career, economics, politics, communication is always going to be at the forefront of it, especially now. We live in the social media era, right? How you communicate is extremely important. You know, you look at a lot of people transitioning out of the regular workforce. In a sense, they want to become an entrepreneur. They want to become dependent on themselves, not somebody else. Well, the way you're going to do that in most cases is, especially if you're going to grow a business, is you're going to have to communicate and sell to customers and push your brand and your product. I mean, there's really no way around it. Even if your messaging is focused more in social media and the internet space, you still have to communicate the message, whether that's through imagery, video, written text, et cetera, et cetera, right? So what are some things we can talk about today, whether they be beginner, medium, you know, advanced, or anything in between that can really help people, all right? The first one is this. When, when you communicate, right? When you're going to initiate communication, where you're going to, when you're going to put your stuff out, the first thing you have to understand is this, right? We live in a world, and we have for a long time, where people are bombarded continuously all day by a ton of messages, video, right? Imagery, text, phone calls, voicemails, DMs, right? Like literally 24-7. So meaning, even if you have fantastic communication, it's still literally virtually in every case, especially the first probably couple times, it's going to get diluted. It's going to get lost in the mix by sheer volume of interactions that people have every day with some external force device or anything like that, that is going to message them or extend some form of communication to them. So by virtue of that, right? You're going to have to already come into the game knowing that even if I come in and I'm already expert level, there's going to have to be a level of persistence and consistency to my message because we've been told, yeah, right, be consistent, of course, but there has to be a persistence behind the consistency. I was going to say consistence, right? Tongue twister. There has to be a persistence behind the consistency. Why? Because when, when we really zoom that in to consistency, right? There has to be a persistence with it because that alters the energy slightly and it already lets somebody know internally that, hey, when we do this, we're going to have to do it consistently, but persistently too. Even if we hear no, even if we look at all the metrics and we say, hey, we're doing it right. We're not getting the results yet because the consistency has to be there for a while, but there has to be a persistence behind it. Like that attitude of, you know what, I'm going to keep in quotes, right? Shoving this down your throat until you respond to me, man, because I know I have something good here. That changes the energy around your consistency a little bit. Just having consistency 
for some people, it can almost seem like autopilot. All right, I'm making calls again. I'm going through the motions. No, 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 no. But when you're persistent with that customer on the phone or with that message, you'll push a little bit more, right? You'll send that message consistently, but maybe one or two extra times on top of whatever the consistent formula is that you created. It alters the energy slightly of it and the strategy slightly. And just that slight edge and change can be exactly what you need to get the results that you want or to at least elevate what you're already doing, okay? That has been something that has been a part of my, we can say, creed since the beginning. I knew even if I offer a superior product, people like me better, et cetera, et cetera, I know that I'm still going to have to be more persistent than the next guy. Not only more consistent, but more persistent too. Hey, customer that didn't buy, let's talk again. Why didn't you buy again? Hey, customer that didn't buy, why didn't you buy again? Hey, customer that hasn't responded, why haven't you responded yet? right? We're going a little bit more. We're being consistent, of course, but there's going to be that, that energy of persistence behind it, right? And I want you to add that to what you're doing, especially if we're going to look at specific contexts, like when you're in the sale, being persistent isn't being pushy. Being persistent means, yo, I know I got a great offering. I know I got a great product. I know I got a great service. I'm going to persist because you're expressing interest and I know deep down inside, this is the right thing for you based on me qualifying and us having a conversation. So of course, I'm going to persist past the first no. Because think about that. Consistency will get you on the phone with prospects. Persistence will get you past the first couple no's. And we know statistically, most people are going to say no three to five times before they say yes. And in most cases, it's about five. So how do you get to the fifth and sixth and seventh no if you have to? Well, it's persistence. The consistency is talking to customers. The persistence is what's going to get you to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, no, or whatever it takes to get the sale. That's not being pushy. Pushy is an energy thing. Pushy is the point where now, now strategies out the window, rapport's out the window, and now you're just shoving it down the throat of somebody who has not designated to you that they're interested in buying or has shown that they're not motivated. That's being pushy. That's being, um, we can say bad at sales, not being a good strategist. All right. So that's the first one, right? Persistence with the consistency, right? You got to sprinkle it on there. All right. That's number one. Let's continue. I got a, I got a show right here off camera. <laughs> I got my cats kind of running around full of energy. Anyways, that was number one, right? Number two is this. Although we've heard this before, I, I truly believe that we only focus on this during interactions and we forget about this prior to and post interactions and communications with people, right? And that is the subjects of compassion and empathy and understanding, right? Let me give you an example of what I just described when I said just the context, right? If I, like I'm in real estate, right? My team is in real estate and that's one of my biggest businesses. So we're going to be going after particular leads, right? We're going to go after an expired listing, which is somebody who attempted to sell their home and was unsuccessful. We go after for sale by owners, people trying to sell their home without using an agent, right? So for whatever reason, typically we're going to assume, and although in most cases it's incorrect, a lot of people in my industry are going to assume and prejudge and say, okay, I'm going to get in contact with this person. There's already going to be a level of confrontation, resistance, they're going to be upset, right? They already make the, uh, the, the assumption, right? Now, why this is incorrect is what I just said in the beginning when I made this point. 
there's already like a prejudgment of them, right? Now, although one can say that this is strategic, strictly from a communication standpoint, I would say this is incorrect because that will affect the way that you communicate because you're coming in with a preconceived expectation. Meaning, if you don't get that, in most cases, you're caught off guard or it throws you off or you're like, whoa, things aren't going as planned. And you never want that because for you to be the highest level communicator, you go in open. Then when something happens, you respond. That's how you elevate your communication from an influence and persuasion standpoint. You're open and receptive to anything that enters your field. You make the, the assessment and then boom, you move forward with the right strategy. You can't just come in already expecting something 100% with certainty. You can't do both simultaneously if you understand the dynamics of what I just said. What I need to do is be open and prepared to handle anything. So I'm open, then I can get customer A, B, C, D, all the way through Z. I'm ready for all of them. However, I'm open, okay? Why? That presupposes compassion and empathy because if I come to these conclusions, I'm not being compassionate and empathetic. I'm not because I'm already telling you I can't even understand their position. I'm just, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to put my shield on, right? Now I've been there where I come in with the preconceived notion. And a lot of times it almost can throw you off emotionally. So I would come in and then I would, in my mind, say, okay, I need to be empath empathetic and compassionate and understanding like right when I talk to them. But before and after, it's like, fuck them, right? You, get, you guys understand what I'm saying. Even if you don't cuss at them or, or, or have any ill will towards them, there's still a certain attitude with it. Like, oh, I'm going to go after these people. Damn. You feel like you have to prepare for war in a sense, right? But if I'm really going to exercise what I just said, the second point to you pre and after, I'm coming in open, dude. If I'm going to knock on the door or making a call, I'm not expecting anything. I'm ready for anything, but I'm not expecting anything necessarily. Now, this looseness and non-attachment comes through a lot of trial and error and experience, guys. And in theory, this can sound really simple to people, but for you to get to the point where you can make these calls and go door to door or have these interactions with even like a complete stranger and not make a prejudgment based on how they're dressed and how they walk and all this other stuff, it's difficult, man. It's challenging for sure. Now, am I perfect? No, but I'm getting closer to that state that I want to be in all the time to where I am totally open, totally receptive to whatever may happen. Then whatever comes in, whatever communication is thrown my way, then I respond accordingly. That's that top level chess player that I want to be and that I would want you to be. Now you're ready for anything. Now you're the living embodiment of versatility and being a chameleon and all those things we learn about in communication, right? Because when I bring this up, sometimes they say, well, no, you can't do that because I studied in college about communication and it says that you're supposed to prejudge and all that stuff. That's fine, dude. But that's communication in a book. I know tons of people that have bachelors and masters and PhDs in communication, but they can't communicate for shit, but they can rifle off theory to you all the time. The difference that I want to make here is this. You have a diploma. Cool. That's fine. But I'm speaking from experience and having studied other things outside of academia. And in practice, not just theory, I can show you these things. I can demonstrate them to you. I can walk into a room of strangers or on the street and communicate at a very high level. Now you, Mr. in the university or professor or whoever it is, it, and it's rare, but sometimes they'll challenge me online. What can you do 
an actual application of communication. I can come close to what I'm doing. If it can, let's meet up and let's discuss this further. Because I know a lot of the stuff that I talk about probably goes against conventional wisdom that you're going to learn in a classroom. However, I have results with it. I can prove it and it's extremely effective. So to say automatically that I'm wrong, eesh, incorrect. I would say based on my results and what I can do and what I've seen and what I've experienced, that would just flat out have to be wrong. So I'm bringing that up here on the second point because I've heard this. When I bring up concepts like this second point that are a little bit more advanced when you look at the wordplay that I'm saying and the specific scenarios that I'm giving, right? I get, I get sometimes by some people, whoa, that's not true and this and that and I read in this book and that's fine, dude, that's fine, okay? I didn't read this in a book. I've assessed this and learned it from hands-on experience communicating in the field with human beings. I mean, is there anything better than that, right? So that's number two, all right? Let's continue. <clears throat> in general, right? In general, this is what you need to do if you really want to improve your communication. Whatever you do, telephone, door-to-door, et cetera, et cetera, whether it's the live interactions that you're having or at the very least, the practice that you're doing, you need to ideally record video and audio of you doing what you do. If you're selling, when you sell. If you're just approaching people and talking to them randomly, doing that too, right? Now, I know to a certain degree, we can't film certain people in certain places. Like I know in public, you can film, but there may be certain scenarios where maybe you're in somebody's house or you're showing specific things that you can't show, right? But if you're going to record it for your own personal purposes and never share it with the public, you should be fine in virtually every, every case, right? Um, but I'm not going to get into the whole legal, uh, legal mumbo jumbo about it, but do that. Why? You will become aware of so many things. Many of you, as an example, think that your rate of speech, your speed of speech is good or slow or pretty evenly paced. And it's not, it's not like a lot of times when I do these shows, I know there's a lot of periods where I'm just rifling stuff off quick. And I do my best to give really big pregnant pauses to allow people to process, but it's different. Right? When I give a speech or when I'm in a more specific context, I'll slow it down like a lot if I have to. On these shows and my videos, I'm really just getting the information out, right? But for years, and obviously with my content, I'm doing this simultaneously as I produce. I'm also watching sometimes to study and assess myself, see the improvements, see what I need to, you know, get better at, et cetera, et cetera, right? But you need to do this. You need to become obsessed with recording yourself audio and video and watching it like a hawk and studying it. And as you learn, applying it, I need to change this because a lot of stuff you're not aware of until A, somebody like me points it out to you, right? Or B, you witness it yourself and you can see it. Like I used to, when I would record these videos of me doing uh, presentations from the desk, the tabletop, kitchen table, right? From the tabletop up, I was great. But from below, horrible. My waist was moving, my knees were moving, my feet were tapping. I was a nervous mess. Now, if you asked me before recording, if I thought I did that, I would say, no, I'm totally aware of myself. No way I have those little nervous twitches. But when I first started, uh, saw it on video, I was like, whoa, that's pretty bad, man. Like, that's horrible. And, my, and it was bad, dude. Like, you would watch and even 
people that had watched a lot of videos that trained me were like, dude, that's, it's pretty bad. Right. But I had no idea at the time. Also, I thought my rate of speech had slowed down significantly because I'm naturally a fast talker. I said, okay, you know, my speech rate is, I would say pretty average now to where, you know, for most people, I'm only going to have to make a micro or a small adjustment watching the video. Dude, I was speaking a hundred miles an hour. And in my mind, again, I'm thinking I'm good. So again, everything I'd done up to that point, I was incorrectly in my mind assessing these things and then moving forward in my day-to-day interactions and sales, thinking that I'm doing all these things right when I'm not. But when did it become obvious to me through recording video and audio? Now, this particular point I've been talking about for years, probably since I started almost 10 years ago now at this point, which is crazy, right? But how many people are actually doing it, not just doing it once or twice, but effectively and regularly? This is something for at least a year, I think, a year to a year and a half, I would consistently do on minimum a weekly basis, the video, the audio was like every day or every other day. And I would send some of the audio recordings of my calls to people like coaches that I paid exclusively for that and said, assess, please. And I would get feedback. This is how I was able to make leaps and bounds of improvement in a year or two in the beginning. Now I still record my stuff now and watch it. Maybe not as regularly, but that was a good year and a half that I did that. Maybe even two. Can't remember exactly. And the audio recordings are still going on now. But you have to do that. That has to become a part of you. Communication, I'm telling you, is the key to open up any opportunity that you desire, that you can dream of. In many cases, the next step for you is the right people. Now, sometimes there's other things, not just communication. Sometimes you need money. You need other things, right? Of course. I understand. But how many times, as an example, have you been in a room where you know meeting somebody would be great, creating that connection for friendship purposes, for business purposes, any, but you knew. But in your mind, you chickened out or you said, I have no way of getting to them or getting to know them or meeting them. Right. And I'm not talking about just, well, I'm going to get the courage to go up and talk to him. Well, in most social settings, you can't just do that. And if you do, you're not going to make the type of impression that you would need to really get their attention or to make a connection. A lot of times that's not the right move to do socially. And maybe the environment doesn't allow you to do it. Right. And now, you know, communication is a lot more complex. It's simple, but it's complex in the sense too, when you add multiple variables like environment, right. Venue, things of that nature, right? Who's there, who's not there, the hierarchy of people there in the environment, right? There's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. But I've been in that position where I'm bummed out, like, man, if only I had the skills or the know-how to meet that person or get in that circle, that would have been great. That would have changed my life. Now, I, I told myself I would never be in that position again. This is why I committed myself to studying communication and doing things like this. So I would never miss out or go to bed that night upset because I missed a crucial moment and opportunity in my life because I wasn't prepared or I was who was not good enough in that moment to get what I wanted to get and meet who I needed to meet and take advantage of whatever opportunity was present in front of me at that time, right? So make that promise to yourself too. I've given you a few things here in this podcast that I want you to start applying because this is the beginning of the next chapter. This is the beginning to finally conquering the subject. Now, for those of you who are seriously interested, communication is obviously something that I really dive deep in my coaching and some of my seminars and stuff like that. So I'd recommend you check it out as I always do. 
but make the commitment first before you come to me or anybody else. Even if you're going to look up books or go on YouTube, make the commitment first. This isn't just, oh, I'm going to listen to an audio book or read a book once a week. Or No, that's not how you're going to master communication. The first step is before you even do that is I'm going to talk to people every day and work on specific things. And you geek out about that. I'm going to talk to 10 strangers every day, 20, 30. That's how you get better at communication first and foremost is doing that. That will do more for you than any book ever would ever. Okay. So that's it for this one, guys. Thank you for listening. BrianCasella.com to check out coaching products and anything else. Shout out to Team BC, investment side, traditional side. If you guys are interested, join teambc.com or message me personally. All right. That's it for this one, guys. We'll see you. Peace.